It is Saturday, the 2nd of May, 2020. My name is Jeremy Medlin, and welcome to episode 83 of the Stock Market Movers podcast. Just a quick reminder that nothing that I say today should be considered financial advice, and if you're looking for financial advice, I recommend that you speak to an authorised financial advisor. I hope you guys are all enjoying Level 3, um, the ability to go out and get some takeaway food. That seems to be the, the biggest deal for most people, and um, we've certainly seen it in our shop. Um, so we'll get straight into the podcast now. Right, so we'll start with Briscoe's. Obviously, all the retail stocks are particularly interesting at the moment because, you know, apart from maybe travel companies and some other industries, they're probably the businesses that are most immediately affected by what's happened with COVID-19 and, and all the rest. Um, and also, their, their business models lean to sort of more of an impact as well because they typically have you know, these high fixed costs in terms of leases and everything as well. So Briscoe's, they, they released an update with their first quarter sales up until 26th of April. So really recent numbers. I like how Briscoe's doesn't muck around with the numbers. You know, they don't wait two months and then report from two months ago. So prior to the 24th of March, things were looking good. Sales were up 4.2% um, on the comparable period. Um they describe the impact of the lockdown since that time as significant material for their business, which is what you'd expect because you don't need to be a, a rocket science to figure rocket scientist to figure that one out. So they were able to offer some online services during level four, some essential items, but as as you know, you know that's not really going to make up the difference. You, I mean. For me personally, apart from like online books and and those sorts of things, I wasn't buying anything during level four. You know, you're not. It's not really worth the. I didn't really see it as worth the hassle. That's just my view. You know, if I was going to buy something, it would only be something if I absolutely needed it. So I suddenly broke because it would just would have been such a hassle. So during level three, they can offer their full range of service, but online only. So same thing, you know, the online is, is not going to be, you know, I imagine your online sales are higher, but it's not going to make up the difference as if they were open. So Rod Duke is not taking a salary during this this period. He's the dominant shareholder. Um, sales during the period were 35.6% lower than the 150 million that they achieved last year. Now, I'm sort of like, it was only that much, <laughs> but I guess it's what the market was expecting because the stock didn't really move in response to that. So... I guess the interesting thing once we hopefully come out of level three shortly is, and Briscoe's can open again is how much their sales bounce back. I imagine there will be some sort of of initial pent up demand for the first couple of weeks, the same way you're seeing with like fast food joints at the moment. And it, but the real question is what happens after, um, and that's the real mystery for pretty much everyone at the moment is. You know, we're obviously going to head into some sort of recession, or we already are in a recession, depending on how you call it. And the real question is, what on earth is going to happen next? Right, the next stock we'll talk about is SmartPay. Shares of SmartPay were down over 20% on Friday, I think 23% on Friday, on confirmation that it was no longer going to be taken over by Verifone. So it sounds like the conditions could not be satisfied on the deal and proposed changes by Verifone were rejected by SmartPay. So the company didn't consider the revised terms to be successful, so it looks like it's the end of that. But there was an interesting line in the update that said, SmartPay notes that the termination of the agreement releases SmartPay from its restriction to seek other potential offers for the business. So I guess that's a sort of watch this space type of situation. I wonder if the company is planning to go market itself to other potential buyers. It seems to me that most 
well, not most, but a, a lot of the, no, not even a lot, but deals that were, you know, takeover deals that were meant to happen or probably were going to happen before this coronavirus, a lot of them are crashing at the moment, which makes sense as all the uncertainty means that buyers and sometimes sellers, well, not less times, less so sellers, but buyers certainly want to be getting out of things. Um, so, you know, it, it's, that's just uh, what you would expect in, in this type of situation. Um, Sky City, they snuck out an update. Um, they didn't make it a price-sensitive update, so I almost missed it, but it was quite an informative update. Um, their businesses have remained closed under Level 3. Um, you wonder if they'll be bombarded once gambling opens again in the same way that McDonald's has been, you know, if there'll be this sort of pent-up gambling demand there. It really shows the, the brand power of McDonald's, you know, just the... You know, can can you imagine McDonald's running out of stock? This is a company with like the best supply chains in in New Zealand, um, or in the world probably, and and they've essentially run out of stock. I went through the McDonald's in Pamua the other day just to grab grab a quick bite to eat and and see what it was like. And they had this was special. You know how they've got the like the TV screens with their menu through the drive through. So they had like a special COVID nineteen menu on that. That was this. That was their COVID nineteen menu, and then. Oh, on top of that was an A4 sheet of paper just with three items typed out that they had. Um, and I went up there and I said, can I please get a Big Mac combo? And they're like, oh, no, sorry, we don't have any Big Macs. And I said, do you only have these three items on the screen there? Um, and they're like, yep. So it's like, okay, I've, I'll get a quarter pounder combo then. Went through the drive through quarter pounder came out with no lettuce in it. So they must have just been absolutely under the pump I can I can only imagine they said they I think it's the so busiest busiest that they've ever been and I can certainly say that for for my pizza business as well um so you just wonder how much of a pent-up demand there will be for for gambling um obviously it's not going to be like it was um they, they did quite a good job in this update and, and go read it yourself I, don't, I won't read word for word it'll be boring for everyone else but they did a quite a good job in this update and how they plan to operate under level two so with the social distancing and how they will bring back things as as demand dictates so that'll be great for everyone that's employed there as well hopefully they'll be able to get back to work um they're just waiting for the level two announcements on the 11th of may so they gave a quick update on the convention center which i'll summarize that quickly um basically because of the requirements and the social distancing requirements it's going to be, they agreed with Fletcher Building that it'll be completed by January 2025, which is staggering when you think about that was meant to be done very recently with the fire and everything like that. They said they have a strong liquidity position, 400 million in cash and undrawn debt facilities, or 400 million in cash and undrawn debt facilities, I apologise. Um, they said it is costing them around $12 million per month at the moment just to keep functioning. So, you know, if, if you're a shareholder of Sky City, um, then you're wanting that to open sooner rather than later because it's sitting there costing you money right now. Um, it'll be interesting to see, just in general, I mean, they said they're 400 million in cash and undrawn debt facilities available. So it'll be interesting to see companies in general, the, the situations when they come out of this. Some companies have just had to take on a lot of debt to survive. So they'll have to make, not talking about Sky City directly, but I guess you can clump them in there. They'll have to make cutbacks to spending to pay back the debt, which I guess is just that whole, it's how recessions sort of eat themselves and fuel themselves and everything like that because they cut back on spending, which cutbacks, which, you know, 
cuts back the revenue on where they were spending and it, and the and the and the people that impacts and it just flows on in. and there's going to be a lot of extra debt on companies' balance sheets that come out of this. Personally, what I think you'll happen and see happen in New Zealand in general is your dividends will be slow to come back, um, and they'll be slow to come back. This will be my prediction and on the NZDX, they won't come back to previous levels as quickly. So just say Briscoe's, for example, a company that cut their dividend we spoke about at the start of the episode, I doubt they'll go straight back to paying their full dividend that they were paying before. You know, when they introduce their dividend, it might be at, I'm just making this up, but it might be at half the level, it'll be covered by cash flow and the cash flow will be reduced, but it'll be at half the level that it was before, for example. Um, so, yeah, really interesting to see what happens with the dividends. Just quickly, before we move on to the next company, I'll just quickly mention about Auckland Airport. Their share purchase plan was oversubscribed. I don't think anyone would be particularly surprised about that. I know just from you know talking to people and reading online and stuff like that, that it was you could, you could get the feeling that it was something that was going to be in high demand. So they wanted two hundred million. <laughs> I mean, you'd love to. Kathmandu would love to be in the same position, right? Anyway, so they they wanted two hundred million from their retail shareholders. They got four hundred eighty nine million. Um, they will scale it back proportionately and send people back the balance of their money by the eighth of May. Just a staggering amount of shareholders applied for it. Over thirty two thousand shareholders applied for it. So that just shows you, I guess, the size and importance of of the company. Really, it's just another data point for that. Um. Next stock is Wellington Drive Technologies. They put out at at the at the start of each update, they're heading underneath the heading, they, they like to say that they're a leading provider of Internet of Things solutions. I always get a bit cautious of with companies that lead off with buzzwords, you know, things like Internet of Things that's you know clearly something that is uh, I guess in trend in the market at the moment and I don't know, I guess it, and it's not saying this necessarily of Wellington Drive, but it's just always a bit concerning. You'd rather than say exactly what they do as opposed to just some big industry buzzword. So basically, they make fridges with Wi-Fi. Um, I, I know they do a little bit more than that, but my statement is an understatement as much as theirs is an overstatement. Um, so anyway, moving on, they they provided a trading update for the three months ending 31st of March 2020. Um, the revenue decreased slightly, 3% to $15.4 million, which is not so bad really when you think about it. Um, obviously, this was a, a company that was growing fast before, so I guess that's the caveat there. And I guess COVID stopped that in their tracks. They had strong gross profits, um, increased 8% to $4.5 million. I always think that gross profit is actually more important than revenue. Um, so it's, it's good to see that. EBITDA increased to $1.5 million. So not bad numbers, all things considering. I, I guess <coughs> excuse me, the next quarter will be the interesting one for Wellington Drive because you'll see the, the true impact of the lockdown and, and everything that's going on there. Um they said that the border shutdown is impacting them, and I'll read a statement from their report. So, COVID-19 related factory and border shutdowns are impacting Wellington's customers globally. The duration of shutdowns in the company's key markets is uncertain, as is the pace and timing of the recovery and demand. That's the real big one for me, just to interrupt their statement there, is that they've worded it quite well. Uncertain as in the pace and timing of the recovery and demand. So it's not so much the a short term shutdown that destroy this is going to be the problem here. You know, I think if you shut down for a month and everything just returned back to normal, you know, borders were open and everything like that, 
companies can survive that you know we just sort of get on with things we essentially do that every year at christmas time anyway new zealand sort of skids to a stop in the middle of december and doesn't start up again to the middle of january so we, we, we get by with that every year and you know life goes on it's the uncertainty after the shutdown that is the is the big deal and for me and i've said this to a couple of people my view is that the big thing is the shutdown of the border um, and in terms of the the business that brings into New Zealand, so just as just as an example, you've heard a few people say, "Oh, but New Zealanders will just travel in more in New Zealand; they won't be able to go overseas and and, and everything like that." And that's true. Um, there'll be more domestic travel for Kiwis. You, you can't really argue that, at least in the short term. But you know, when I go to, I don't know, when when I drive to Taupo, for example, to you know for for a weekend away. You know, I don't do it in the same way that a busload of Chinese tourists does, if that makes sense. You know, you, you think about the average Chinese... You think about my behaviour in Taupo. You know, I might eat out at a restaurant one night, but I'll probably go to Countdown the next night. Um, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll do... Might do... I might go to Hooker Falls and I might do a selected... Maybe I'm just a tight ass, but I might do some selected activities. You know, I'm not going to go there and spend 10 grand. You know, it's 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 a major major difference, and it's not just the tourists; it's the immigration. It's it's you know, and the, it's not just the businesses that rely on them. It's the flow on effect from the businesses that, the businesses that rely on those businesses, and it's just just a, you know, it's the uncertainty afterwards. And I think Wellington did a good job of, of wording that in their report. So the impact of COVID nineteen on the capital expenditure expenditure plans of major food and beverage brands is also not clear but the company is planning for demand to be well down on 2019 level so again that they've they've summed up the situation quite well there so the impact of COVID-19 on the capital expenditure plans of major food and beverage brands is also not clear. Well, it might not be clear, but it's pretty obvious. They're going to the capital expenditure is going to be lower. Literally, every every company is is coming out and saying that they're going to cut back any unnecessary capital expenditure. So you know, you'd expect that to have some sort of impact on Wellington Drive, and they they said they're planning for demand to be well below two thousand nineteen levels. So. You know, that that's pretty much it. Basically, say for example, you've got your fridge that's working just fine and you're planning on updating it, you may delay on updating it and get him by. A lot of any non-necessary expenditure is going to be deferred. I mean, I think, just going off topic here at the moment, but the the classic one, if you if you really want to understand that, is the is as an individual, if you maybe you were planning on getting a new car this year. And your current car is fine, you just don't like it as much, or it's done a few too many Ks, or, or whatever it was, you're planning on getting a new car. The uncertainty at the moment, you're probably going to go, mm, I'll just defer that six months. I'll, I'll see how I'll see how the situation looks next year before I shell out for that car. Ironically, just <laughs> what you'll find is that it'll be a fantastic time to buy some cars, because you're going to get some great deals. People are salesmen and companies and everything that are going to try to lure you in with with good deals so for the companies and the businesses that can spend money at the moment it's it's a great time to do it because you're going to get a, a greater return on your capital a, a way, way of thinking about that is just google adwords for example you're going to get a bigger bang for your buck on google adwords at the moment because you're 
because the demand is lower. So that's that's for the companies that can spend money, it's some great opportunities here at the moment. Anyway, moving on. Um, so Wellington is taking some action here. Um, the board of directors have reduced their fees by 50%. The chairman by 100%. That blew me away. Um, CEO salary by 30%. So they haven't just gone with the standard 20% that most other companies have that I had a little bit of a whinge about last week. Maybe they listened to the podcast. Um, I doubt it. They have delayed 2019 performance payments until 2021. Uh, they've ensured a hiring freeze. It's actually quite a detailed update. They have reduced travel expenses to zero and deferred all non-essential capex. I mean, this is... You know, I, I, it, it, it's doing my job for me, this this update, but this is pretty much why we're in a recession, not because of Wellington Drive Technologies, but because of all companies doing this at once. Um, all companies are cutting their CEO's pay and everything, are cutting their pay, reducing, um, reducing incentives, reduce, reducing hiring, everything like that. So just think about that on scale. That's the real big thing. Um, reducing travel expenses zero. No one's travelling everywhere. Think about that on scale. Non-essential capex. Think about that on scale. You know, I, I guess it's a really good update from One Hand Drive, and they've that's sort of like a a microcosm for the rest of the economy as well. I guess the only thing I would have liked if I was a shareholder of Wellington is maybe an update on where they think the numbers are going to look like in April and some expectations around the numbers for the full year. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty informative update. Staying on the topic of good updates, I'd recommend if you get a minute to go on to um, Spotify's SPOT in, in the United States and read their shareholder letter for the most recent quarter. It's fantastic the detail that they go into, detail they go into in, the, in terms of the business, um, the detail that they go into in terms of guidance and what's happening and everything like that. It's an excellent report. And they talk about some really interesting stuff in terms of listening habits and everything as well. So continuing on that, um, we'll talk about Z Energy. Um, poor old Zen Energy, <laughs> in response to requests for greater, greater clarity around what's happening, they, they've done that, they provide some more information as well. So they've started giving some weekly fuel updates so you can get an idea of the impact. Um, the average retail volume for 91 and 95 in the four weeks preceding the lockdown was 15 million litres. Um, in the weekend, in 19th of April, it was 3.2 million litres, which is a huge drop. Good to see this increasing to 3.9 million litres in the weekend, in 26th of April. This is actually quite a good indicator. You can make an economic ind- indicator out of, this, out of this if they keep on providing that information because you could probably follow this and get an idea of when the economy is picking up again because it's, I guess Zen Energy's got such a big... E- such a big network and because of the relationship between the number of litres they're selling to the economy is is probably a good technical indicator. A quick tangent here, I'm also all for supporting methods of reducing climate change and the impact on the environment and everything like this but one thing that this has shown me is about some of the impracticalities around the demands of some climate change advocates but we won't go into too much detail so Z almost also said that they're going to delay the announcement of their year in results until no later the 28th of May 2020 they also said that they've just been focusing on other things at the moment and the results will still be provided within the allowed window and that their guidance has not changed Right, many thanks again for listening to the podcast. As a reminder, nothing I'll see today should be considered financial advice. If you're looking to find out more about the podcast, go to stockmarketmovers.co.nz or find us and give it a like by searching on Facebook. Share also with your friends. If you want to email me, it is jeremy at stockmarketmovers.co.nz. Once again, my name is Jeremy Medlin and this has been episode 83 of the Stock Market Movers podcast for Saturday the 2nd of May 2020. We'll see you all again next week.